Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Around here, we call it the IGSS. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, Joshua Ewing jumping in. On the audio board, Patrick Quinn is off this week for his sister's wedding. Congratulations to the lovely couple. Gentlemen, Purdue in town to face the Illini and the football home finale. Hey, lots to play for here on Senior Day. Yeah, this is if Illinois wants to win the uh, Big Ten West. They, they really need to win this game. Obviously, there's a path without winning this game, but it's not a path that you want to take. It's going to take <laughs> a lot of extra help. So um, this is a game, you know, obviously disappointing loss a week ago to Michigan State, but now you can kind of right the ship if you can beat Purdue and you put yourself in a really good position um, to have an opportunity to play in that Big Ten title game for the first time in Illinois history. Yeah, if you want to drive from Champaign to Bloomington, you know, get on 74 and drive, or you could go to 57, drive to Chicago, come down 55. Well, I, I, the direct route is to beat Purdue and go to right to that Big Ten West title. Um, and and they've got to get this together, and and um, Purdue's not playing well. So uh, let's let's hope that uh, Coach B gets them back on track. Okay, 11 a.m. kickoff on ESPN two. More on that in a bit. Meanwhile, Friday night's game two for the 23rd ranked Illini basketball team. It is UMKC Missouri Kansas City at State Farm Center. Yeah, the ruse, baby. The ruse are coming to State Farm Center. The uh... UMKC, former uh, UNLV coach Marvin Menzies at the helm there. Um, Wonderwood's actually matched up against Menzies twice since he's been at Illinois because they played UNLV a couple times. But I, I think this is a game where Illinois wants to just keep working on things, keep getting better, keep getting those freshmen, those young guys' experience, and kind of put this, uh, let them mesh together as they get ready. I think this is a game, you know, UMKC had lost their opener to Lincoln. I think it's like Lincoln, something Lincoln. I, I don't even think they're a division one school. So um, that, that's uh, that's not a good start, but um, you know, very competitive with LSU and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think it's Lincoln logs, but <laughs> <laughs> the lo- Lincoln logs. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I saw Lincoln and I'm like, what the what? But anyway um, you know what? There's a, I, I think it would be great. You know, they've got some young guys help them build their confidence get them, get them started. Right. This is perfect timing uh, as they prep for some really tough non-conference games in the next few weeks. You know, and I think, you know, we talked about this before um, just as, as all of us talk here during the week that again, um, you know, Illinois needs this Illinois team needs reps. Um, You saw a lot of different matchups. I mean, we saw Ebbs and Clark in the, in the backcourt together against Eastern um, you know, we saw before uh, Danger and Hawkins both in the game at the same time. So you need reps with with all these different uh, different combinations that Brandon Underwood has at his disposal. Um, unlike any, maybe even his entire career when you think about it. But hey, Missouri, Kansas City, a little bit of history. One time head coach years ago from Rantoul, Kareem Richardson, his one of his assistants uh, was uh, Chris Hollander who is from Mattoon Lakeland college and most recently was on Quanto Martin staff uh, with the Mizzou Tigers. So there you go. Some worthless information you can share with your friends as you're um, headed to the game or just want to really uh, bore them to death. Hey, how about this? <laughs> uh, Taking on each other night. What, what's your takeaway? What stuck out for you um, about that win? Slow start early. I think again, just maybe not again, uh, just 
different situation, maybe not very comfortable, but once they kind of figured things out and, and just played, um, they really just a thing of beauty. Some, we've got some guys with some really high basketball IQs uh, on this team. Yeah, there's no question. They've got some guys that are really good at uh, know how to play basketball, and then they're extremely athletic. They're freakishly athletic as a group. I mean, this is the most athletic team Illinois has had probably since. And I'm going to say they're more athletic than the 05 team just because they're so much longer. Um, and, yep. and, and, but I put them back, you know, it's been since the flying Illini that Illinois has been this athletic up and down the roster. So really an impressive, uh, thing to watch. Now, does that translate to wins necessarily? Not necessarily. I I've seen some teams in the sec that ran out a bunch of athletes and then couldn't shoot it. And they, <laughs> next thing you know, they, they had 42 points at the end of the game. So I think this team's different. I think they're going to be good. I, I think it's just going to take some time for them to mesh and get, get well. I think this is going to be a really fun team to watch defensively. And the other thing that I, I really got to admit, Dane Danger with, with the, the hands and his soft touch he has with the ball coupled with that the, the footwork, I was really surprised. I, I, I had, you know, uh, nice expectations for him, but he really performed higher than anything that I had in mind. And, and I, like I said, I think this team with their pace – is going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, I think so. Um, we're going to talk to a lot of basketball here in uh, the next hour with uh, some current and former uh, Illinois coaches. But again, that's a game coming up uh, on Friday night uh, as Illinois again gets ready for that big, you know, big games next weekend. We don't want to look too far ahead, but next time that we talk to you, uh, Brad will be in Las Vegas on assignment. <clears throat> Uh, taking on as <laughs> UCLA and then either Baylor or Virginia. Um, first two of, of really, um, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good non-conference schedule. Um, and, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I mean, this is one that, you know, it, it's it schedule non-conference scheduling is so hard because you don't want to rack up too many L's, but you also want to be tested. Um, and I think that the way this schedule works out, it, it, it's really nice for Illinois in terms of you got these two games Syracuse is is down. Yes, Jim Beheim talking to you um, right now, but it's still it's a veteran coach team and bring, gives you a different look. And then the Texas game um, at, at at New York, uh, and then of course you've got the Maryland uh, Big Ten opener in between there. Some big tests here for this Illini squad in the next four weeks. Yeah, it's a it's a loaded schedule, and that's why you need to play some some games where you can kind of work on things early on. So you get these three early games to work on things, and then then it's jump into the heart of everything. I mean. Four top 25 teams in Vegas. You've got Texas, who's a top top 10, top five team. You've got, you know, and then you've got, you know, the, the Missouri game, of course, in December as well, where you say you can throw out the records. Because I don't think Missouri's very good, but at the same time, it, it's never easy to win that game. And then Syracuse, as you mentioned, they're going to play that junk defense, not to mention a couple of uh, Big Ten games thrown in the middle there. So they once they hit Las Vegas – um, and once I hit Las Vegas too, it's just a, it's just a whirlwind after that. So, uh, it's going to be fun. I, some, I'm just, you know, I, I feel I'm, you know, I'm able to take the hit for you guys and go to Vegas and cover that tournament. So I hope, hope you appreciate yeah. all the hard work I'm putting in. Yeah, I, I do. And, and, um, you know, Vegas has a sturdy alert that they will be sturdy coming to town. So they're, they're all ready for, it. but you know, I look back at, if you recall, when we looked at the football team, the schedule of playing Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, you know, back to back to back. We were like, oh, my gosh, can they do this? Are they going to be okay? And, you know, they got three wins. 
So let's let's see. Maybe maybe this uh, Illini basketball team will be very similar to the football team and uh, maybe put up some W's that a lot of people don't think a young team is going to do. I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to underestimate this team. That's what I've decided. (laughs) More hoops on the way. Former National Coach of the Year Bruce Weber returns to Champaign. We'll catch up with him in the next half hour. But up next, Coach Bielema and the showdown with the Boilers at Memorial Stadium here on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. This Newsmaker segment presented by Busey Bank. Brett Bielema on the verge of making some news and even history, the first Big Ten championship game appearance in program history. It's senior day and the Illini trying to go out a winner. Even alma mater getting into it, the iconic statue donning a Chase Brown jersey uh, this week. The junior running back in contention for several postseason honors and getting some NFL buzz may not be back next season, so this could be his last game at Memorial Stadium in orange and blue. Chase Brown going into Saturday, 78 yards behind Antonio Harris for number two on the all-time Illini rushing yards list. Here's Coach Bielema earlier this week talking about this matchup with Purdue. It's always an emotional day. Um, You know, I've experienced a gamut as a head coach uh, from my first one uh, a long time ago to where we are now. Um, It's an emotional day for me as a player or as a coach, you know, to to know that I'm going to hug players for the last time, it's um, on on this home for surface is uh, is very emotional. They wanted to make a goal to uh, have Memorial go undefeated this year, and obviously we didn't. We let that go on Saturday. So uh, the only thing we have in front of us is Purdue, a Big West opponent, a trophy game, uh, a lot of things like that. But it, you also worry about the effects on the other players, right? Because a lot of those guys are close to those players as well, and it could be the last time they take um, uh, Memorial together. There's some guys that are going through senior day that don't know if they'll be back, right? There's guys that um, uh, for sure will be gone by, by eligibility standards, but there's a lot of guys that are really good players that I think when the season's done, we'll have a, a, an opportunity to, when the regular season is done, kind of in bowl game preparation or postseason play, we'll see exactly where those guys are at with NFL, and, and, and they'll make their decisions after that. What's the process for figuring out um, how to fix the red zone and the short yardage situation? Is it, is it Sitting down with the offensive staff, you and yourself, and just uh, trying to figure it out? Uh, well, twofold. So anytime we have success or failure, the conversations are always the same. What can we do better? Um, what did we do well? What did we didn't do well? Uh, I think offensively, uh, Barry has definitely went through some uh, changes, not only in uh, schematic, but also on his play sheet, how they call it, uh, conversations with the offensive staff. He and I had another conversation this morning. Um, you know, uh, I, I think the thing that I – 
kind of always stress, right, is we have success in other areas of the field doing certain things that has to correlate down. It's just a condensed field. It's a, it sounds like an easy thing, but it's a, it allows a defense to do something completely different. And, um, you know, we haven't been able to have uh, any sustainable success uh, in any of the games. So to, to carry that forward, we got to figure out what we uh, can do well, maximize that, and minimize things we don't do well. That's Brett Bieleman talking earlier this week on the Newsmaker Line presented by Busey Bank. We'll get the guys' reaction and bring Illini Guys football writer and analyst Matt Stevens into the conversation. You're listening to the Illini Guys Radio Network. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athlete stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. This is Brad Underwood. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. The Sports Spectacular continues here. Uh, fellas, we just heard from uh, Coach Bielema before this Purdue game. Your thoughts on Coach and what he had to say. I'm going to tell you right now, Coach Bielema wasn't happy with what he saw against Michigan State, and he is ready to roll <laughs> on Saturday against Purdue. I don't know if they'll let him play. I think his eligibility is over, but I think he'd like to get out there. Yeah, we just got to get that Illini tattoo on his leg, and he's ready to go. Um <laughs> You know, the bottom line is, you know, this has been a very successful year, and this is about the fifth biggest game of Bielma's tenure at University of Illinois. Here we are again. You got you to gotta win and to play important games, and this one's a big one because they could set up a very successful season and going to the uh, uh, play at Michigan or Ohio State in the championship game. Yeah, meanwhile, a very nice contract extension and raise for Bielema's offensive coordinator, Barry Luddy Jr., in his first season on campus. Much as we saw defensive coordinator Ryan Walters uh, receive a, a nice raise and, a, and an extension last year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Brett's very comfortable with Barry um, as his offensive coordinator. And, and he gets a lot of flack for the red zone stuff. But, you know, a lot of that is more indicative of the personnel than it is, you know, Barry Lenny. And I think he's done some things maybe because of the personnel to try and overcome some of the deficiencies they might have. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's good. You know, we talk, we talk about continuity. This is good continuity in a program and, uh, and allows you to, to, to recruit well and understand what your system's going to be. And, and, uh, it's good, good fit between Lenny and Bielema. Yeah. The, the, the offense has improved markedly over last year. Obviously, there's still things you can do to get more effective, but he's done enough to to be rewarded with that. And I think that recruiting uh, is so critical to be able to compete for the talent. And this will allow the Illini to get after some offensive talent. Matt Stevens of Illini Guys joins us now. Matt, you wrote this week for the website that this uh, really isn't a, a surprise. Yeah, uh, this has been working 
for about a month. And <laughs> the, the reason it was announced the, the day that it was, was the day after that is when the BOT um, for the university releases its public agenda for the November, for its November meeting. And nosy reporters like myself check that every month and they would have known it would have been public anyway, what was going on with Barry. And so they just decided to get ahead of it a day ahead and, and announce it. It's actually one almost one year to the day that Ryan Walters's contract was announced, contract extension was announced last year. So I think that this is a symbol that not only is Illinois and Josh Whitman really happy with what Barry had been able to do in less than a year, but his boss, Brett Bielema, who's he's had a relationship with for almost half a decade going back to their time with Arkansas that he's really happy with what what's going on with the offense as well. So, um, you, you know, if all things being equal, I think you're going to see Barry Lunny be the offensive play caller here at Illinois for quite a while. Matt, would you say that, um, what do you, what do you make of the red zone issues, uh, under for El- Illinois under Barry Lunny? Well, because Barry won't say it, Brad, I'll say it for him. Uh, he's really hamstrung as a play caller if there's no blocking up front. And on Saturday against Michigan State, they just didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it was a below average effort up front from the offensive line's perspective. And and again, like I said in the post-game pod, that's not me saying this, that's Alex Pelcheski. And then on on Tuesday, it's Alex Pilstrom saying it as well. And, and there, are, there are plays that Barry drove up, uh, drew up in the red zone, especially on that first drive where they didn't, they, 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 you know, stalled out inside the five yard line. Uh, there are three, three running plays that Barry drew up that are brilliant. And he, you know, Chase Brown and or Tommy DeVito should be able to walk in the end zone, but they didn't block it up front. And so, um, you know, Barry has a lot of things that he likes to do offensively. The fact of the matter is though, that if, if you're, this team's going to be coached by Brett Bielema, um, you cannot have a below average offensive line performance. It just isn't going to work at Illinois if that's the case. And that's what they got on Saturday. That's what they got in Bloomington on September 2nd. And both of those are losses. You know, looking at uh, Michigan State, they had some very talented defensive tackles. Um, What type of matchup does Purdue's defensive line present for the Illini offensive line looking to get, you know, get its collective feet underneath it again? Not the same. Um, Purdue used to have a, a defensive tackle and a nose tackle named Lorenzo Neal Jr., whose dad played the NFL for quite a while um, and was a real big part of what Purdue did defensively, especially in their odd man fronts that they would run with George Karloftis on the outside. They He is no longer there anymore, and obviously Karloftis is not there either. Um, so Purdue has a real big struggle up front competing, um, and, and I think that's one of the things that Jeff Brom kind of shakes his head out where he knows that there is a big deficiency right there for what Ron English, his new defensive coordinator, wanted, wants to do on that side of the ball. So I think that if Illinois can change the line of scrimmage with what they want to do in the run game, um, it, it'll it'll definitely you know symbolize that, that, that that's where this game, Brett Bielema feels like it has to be won and lost. And the Brom brothers, Jeff and Brian Brom, feel like it has to be one on the outside with their skill position guys and their quarterback. Um, and so I think that, you know, styles make fights. And I think that whichever style you see win the football game on Saturday is probably where you're going to see it one on the scoreboard as well. We've got one minute uh, in this segment. Um, you know, it's we've talked so much about culture and the change of culture um, in this locker room where this is a team very quickly. It's gone from accustomed to losing to they hate losing. Uh, it would seem that. Um, uh, Brett got their focus this week after, as you said, uh, there was a lot that he didn't uh, didn't like in last week's game. Yeah, Brett was not happy. 
And, and, the, and the fact of the matter is, is that I think that Brett took this one as a personal insult for the reason that I just stated is that um, our, our, if you're Brett Bielema, your program is going to be predicated on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, offensive and defensive. And I thought Illinois got whipped on Saturday and so did the head coach. And so that, that cannot happen. And I think that that guy takes it as a personal insult when something like that happens. And, and quite frankly, he, he takes away from Saturday that a, we gave the game away. They didn't win it. And B, Mel Tucker's guys played harder than we did, and that just can't happen. And so if that were to happen again, like I said in the postgame pod, there aren't any other games on the schedule, including Northwestern, that Illinois cannot lose if they play that way again. And so I think that that was a message that has been, you know, put out there all week long as they prepare for Purdue. We'll find out quickly uh, if they respond. Matt Stevens, you can catch his stuff pregame and postgame coverage on IlliniGuys.com. Hey, thanks again, Matt. We'll talk to you next week. Not a problem. Have a good one, guys. All right, you got it. Matt, by the way, on his way to Ann Arbor next week. Jeff Alexander of the Illini men's basketball staff joins us on our Coach's Corner segment. That's next on the Sports Spectacular. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, a new segment this week on the show, right here around the same time and place each week, we will peek into the Coach's Corner and get some insight into the program this week, Jeff Alexander gets us started. Coach, welcome back to the show. Uh, the opener Monday night versus uh, EIU. Um, I think fair to say, lots to be excited about, but also uh, lots to work on. Well, it's just good to get back out on the court and you know, lights on and people in the stands and uh, just have that feeling again. And you know, obviously, a lot of time going up against each other. It was uh, you know just good to get out there and compete. Obviously. Uh, as you mentioned, a lot of exciting things, um, different things. Um, you know, it's just, you know, every day we see things differently. And 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 obviously the game for us from from last year to this year, um, you know, it's it's very, you know, it's it's very different. So it was just good to get out there and get that feel and and see it, you know, the speed, the pace, uh, and and, and all those new guys in that uniform. Was there anything when you you watch that, you go back and watch that film? I went back and watched the film too. I actually saw a couple of things that you don't see live, you know. But when you watched that film, was there anything that kind of stood out to you that maybe was unexpected that, that you didn't expect? Um, I, I, I don't know about that. Um, probably more, you know, as coaches, you, you you nitpick, you know, obviously, you know, being early in the year and so forth, um, you know, unexpected. You know, people want to say sincere Harris. No, that wasn't unexpected for me. You know, <laughs> I see it every day. That kid's a dog. You know, and and and. Um, By the know, way, for those listening, dog is good. Dog yes, is yeah, good. Right. <laughs> he's, you know, he he's that he's that way every day, and you know that's kind of been you know the, you know the talk and you know hearing from people and and they want to talk about. It. We see that every day, and it was good to see that. You know, all those freshmen. You know, Ty. Uh, you know, even Dane Danger, uh, Jaden Epps, you know, it was good just to see them out there and get, you know, just get their feet wet. How do you balance, um, you know, the results of the first game? You want guys to get better, but you don't want to freak them out. You know what I mean? You know, so, you, you know, the first game maybe you had a couple turnovers. You don't want to turn this into a psychological thing. How do you balance that when you're trying to help a kid get better? Sure. Well, it, it's early. Um, there's, we know there's going to be mistakes. We know there's going to be some things, you know, obviously 
the one thing, you know, we're never going to tolerate is effort. Um, you know, there's, there's not, not to say we didn't play hard. We, we played hard the other night, uh, but just areas, ball pressure, you know, hands, you know, that's, that's part of playing hard. Uh, and that's the nitpicking, you know, that coaches do, but uh, we got to be better in those areas offensively. You know, we got to be at, you know, execution wise, uh, we got work to do. And uh, you know, we're, you know, we have to be very, very sharp. We have to be detailed. Guys got to know what they're doing. Um, and then we got to go out and execute it and execute it in a high level. Talking with Coach Jeff Alexander here, the Illini men's basketball team. Uh, Coach, one thing, looking at your schedule, um, I, I mean, you've got a very short time to ramp things up. Not looking past anybody, but three games, Monmouth coming up Monday night, and then you go to Vegas for the two big games. Uh, just what a blockbuster lineup with all four teams ranked in the preseason top 25. Um, how does that change your preparation, not just in the preseason, but right here in terms of things you work on these early games, knowing that you've got some some really big tests coming up just in really just a few days? Well, I mean, right now, I mean, our focus is is on Friday night. You know, a Kansas City team that's going to come in here, they're big. Um, you know, as far as 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 uh, a group and us working ahead, um, we're, we're focused on Friday. Um, you know, the last I looked, you know, um, you know, they were playing LSU tonight in a very close game in the first half. Um, they're big, they're physical, they're, you know, they present problems. Um, as far as progressing and moving towards those later games, you know, that's, you know, we've been doing that all along and preparing that way and knowing that those, these games were going to come very, very quick. You think about it, we're, you know, we got basically in between two day preps. Um, so, you know, when you have days off that are required in there, you know, right now it's, you know, game to game and, and, and doing everything you can to be great uh, come Friday night. So I, I, I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Obviously, it's a college basketball signing week, right, for the uh, and, the and the Illini were able to sign three guys who are just, you know, I think all guys that were coveted nationally and, and in, in one case internationally. And so you, what's it? you guys have really done a great job of putting together, obviously the 2022 class and now this 2023 class kind of stacking these classes together. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about this, uh, this, this class, this 23 class and how they fit together? Yeah, just really, really excited. Three really good basketball players, three really good young, young men. Um, we're excited to, you know, have them officially join us today. Um, I think that, that, you know, obviously, um, very talented, you know, offensively, I think all three of them in, in their own ways. Um, they have great feel. I think they're, they're, they're all three very smart basketball players. And, um, you know, uh, you know, Dre's obviously playing on a, on a national stage and playing against great people uh, day, you know, from day to day, you know, just to being in their practices every day. You know, Amani's doing what he's doing. He's transformed himself and, and, and works relentlessly every single day. And then Zach, you know, he's just, you know, continue doing what he's doing. Um, but just guys that that want to be great, um, you know, we have great relationships with them. Can't can't, you know, wait for all three of them to get here. And and speaking of great guys, of course, there was a certain gigantic visitor who was at the game. <laughs> um, what was it like? You know, it's been a few months. How how was it how was it, you know, connecting, reconnecting back up with Kofi? It, wonderful. Wonderful. Um, he's he's beloved here. We love him. Um, he's one of us. He's family. Um, I get emotional talking about him, to be quite honest. 
Um, I love him like a brother, a big, big little brother. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, he he's special to all of us. Um, I think he did did a lot of great things for, for this university, this this program, this this fan base. Um, he brought you know a, a, a smile to his face every single day. I miss that more than anything. Um, you know, and I just, you know, I, I want him to go be great because, you know, he can be in his own way. You know, you know, people want to sit there and knock at him every which way. Um, say he can't play in this league, can't play in that league. Well, he's a really good basketball player and he did it at a high, high level for three years. He, he helped us win a lot of games and uh, just a special, special young man. We will leave it there, Coach, and let you get back to uh, prep, as you mentioned, for the games coming up. Uh, as always, we appreciate your time and uh, look forward to having you on the show here again in a few weeks. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Yeah. Illini men's basketball assistant coach Jeff Alexander joining us here on the Sports Spectacular, talking about the big guy, uh, the two-time All-American Kofi Colburn on his way to Japan. We can't wait to find him streaming somewhere and throwing down some monster dunks and then screaming out something in a language that we don't understand. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Weber joins us up next on the Sports Spectacular. Stay with us. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn-out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today. 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions. 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000. HX Home Solutions. What does the 50th anniversary of Title IX mean? It means I'm valued. I'm empowered. I can do anything. It means I'll pave the way for every girl who plays high school sports in the future. Just like every female student, coach, official, and administrator blaze the trail for me. Because every student deserves the opportunity to play. Encourage girls you know to participate in Illinois high school sports. This message presented by the IHSA and the Illinois Athletic Directors Association. Time for our Game Changers segment presented by OSF Healthcare. And our next guest uh, did things at Illinois that, that no one else has. Bruce Weber, 2005 National Coach of the Year, when he got to the Illini to their best season ever, 37-2, and two, their only appearance in the National Championship game. And he is now in uh, his first week in his new role as a game color commentator on the Big Ten Network. And that includes working the Illinois-Missouri-Kansas City game Friday night. Coach? Welcome to the Sports Spectacular. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be, always good to talk to Illinois people. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I know you're, uh, you know, like you said, right back at home, right? You know, I happen to think that you will be, I didn't catch the, the Purdue game, but I don't think you're going to be great at this, just knowing you and having a chance to, to talk with you, even back to your Purdue days and SIU, we have a lot of conversations. How did this come to pass, uh, joining BTN? Well, after, you know, I decided to retire uh, last spring, a um, couple different people I know in the, you know, different networks called and just kind of talked to me, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Are you interested? 
Um, and a, a good friend, actually, Steve Shearer, who was with CBS and covered a lot of our games on the way to the Final Four that year. Um, you know, he's now with Fox and he called and he said, you know, Big Ten Network really is looking for a coach. Um, they don't have a coach in, you know, as part of their either their studio or their broadcasting. And uh, they got a lot of former players and, you know, they're the regular announcers. So uh, we, uh, you know, he just said, would you be interested? So, I, you know, kind of started talking with the Big Ten people, um, went up and did a rehearsal, uh, you know, I guess a rehearsal slash interview or whatever. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I thought it and Megan, my wife really encouraged it. She just thought, you know, you got to do something. And I went from 340 days, a, uh, at work in 30, 340 days a year, uh, 10 to 12 hour days to all of a sudden now you don't have anything. So a couple of days a week, uh, we thought it'd be great stay involved with basketball. And I was really excited. They really talked about the studio first and, um, I was excited about that. I've done that. And then they said, Hey, would you try some games? And I, a little unsure, uh, last night was my first one, the Purdue game. And, um, but I, I made it through it. I didn't screw up too bad. Uh, I did. I, the only thing I kept forgetting about the talk back, but you know, you got somebody talking in your ear and as you know, and, and then, uh, somebody's the, your announcer, Kevin, last night it was Kevin Krugler and, and, you know, he's talking, I'm trying to pay attention to game. And I, I kept answering the, the guy in my ear and I wasn't supposed to. So, <laughs> but other than that, it, I thought it went okay. And I got much more relaxed. Kevin did a great job. Obviously a veteran does NFL college basketball has done it for years. Um, I, you know, I've, I've worked with Dave Revson a little bit on, on, in the studio stuff. And, you know, those guys are pros and they set you up and, and they throw you, you know, the slow, easy pitch to, to hit. So it, it makes it easier. So the, what you're really telling us is your wife wanted you out of the house. Uh, right. that, that might be a little bit. I, you know, we're, we're, in a, we're in a little condo now in St. Louis. And um, it might get, you know, once in a while, get me out so I don't drive her crazy. But uh, we, we've been pretty busy. I, I did a lot of clinics this uh, fall. Went to some campuses, some coaches I know had me come in and kind of just, you know, watch practice, visit with their staff, talk about, you know, defense or whatever different things. And, um, you know, so I, I kept busy, uh, you know, which was great, uh, you know, because, again, I, you know, 40, uh, 45 years when you include high school every year at this time I've been coaching. So uh, just thought it would be, a, you know, something to do. So, so as you uh, kind of get into this this new uh, um, this new part of your career, the next stage, right? Is yeah. there a do, do you have a like? Do you find yourself wanting to like jump in and like coach? <laughs> I mean, like being on the other side, like you know, I, I know it's weird. Like as you know, I always think like, well, I would have done this or I would have done that when I'm watching a game. So I can't imagine if I have to like have like that mental flow sometimes where I'm going. Well, he should have done this, you know, and so yeah. how does that, how do, how, how are you handling that part of it? I think that's going to be a big thing to, and I've talked to, uh, you know, Bill Rafferty, John Beeline did it a little bit with the Big Ten Network after he was uh, let go by the Cavs and, uh, you know, Seth Greenberg, Fran, Fischella, I, I, you know, and they just said, you got to be careful of criticizing the coaches, critiquing, you know, make suggestions, uh, you know, they got to do a better job getting inside, you know, basic things, I think, 
uh, things you watch in practice and and not overdo it. But there's no doubt. I I, I tried to call Matt Painter today and tell him some things I needed. They, they needed to improve for the next game. <laughs> Yeah, Larry has to do that with Brad and I after every broadcast. He has a whole he has a whole list of things. And just, that is true. I think that's that's accurate. So yeah, we he basically runs out of pens faster than anybody from writing all this stuff. Runs out of ink. Um, you know, as 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 you look back on those those years, you know, uh, obviously here we are on the Illini guys sports spectacular. Um, what was well, you know, when you, when you have one memory of the uh, your tenure as the Fighting Illini coach, you know what maybe is one of your favorite ones that that doesn't involve the 0405 team, but that might surprise somebody. Oh, I don't know. It's it's hard. Obviously, that uh, uh, the the year before, I think it really, you know, we were we were struggling. I, I couldn't get them to buy in. Um, the staff. I mean, we worked at it slowly but surely. Darren was probably the first one that really, I have no idea. And I've talked about that before, but he seemed to latch on and, you know, Luther had his off the court things and I, I went on the limb and helped him out and, you know, received a lot of criticism. You guys probably don't know how many letters and things I got about that, but, you know, then Luther jumped in and then D and then just that you know, it was, if you remember at Wisconsin, um, we're struggling and they're just kicking our butt. I mean, they are just killing us. And Devin Harris is running in our huddle and talking trash. And, uh, you know, we had even had a fan come in the huddle and told me I need to put Nick Smith in and the trombones that were doing the polka. And, and you know, I think that game after that, you know, we just, I, it might've put us two and three in the, in the league. And then we went on a run that uh, obviously one of the best runs in the history, uh, you know, of Illinois basketball, college basketball, you, you, you think about from the, that point through the, the next season. Um, and, you know, just to uh, the, that year, the same year, then you, you know, it kind of all built up to get to that sweet 16 to beat, since uh beat Cincinnati the way we did uh you know it was it was is pretty impressive and um you know Duke and I and I think it really set us up to have an understanding of how you can you know advance in the tournament what needs to be done so it you know all that part of setting up is was you know was a lot of fun but there there's a lot of good moments obviously for me it's it's really about the players uh, I you know, working with them, the relationships. That's why I got into coaching. And um, that's what I miss. I miss right now the, you know, the staff meetings, writing up practice, uh, you know, just, and, and then just, you know, dealing with the players. Now I still talk, I would say, you know, I'd probably talk to two players a day, a minimum, sometimes more. And I still talk to all the assistant coaches and now the guys that are head coaches or former players that are coaches and, um, you know, that's, it's part of my daily routine. I'm trying, I, I told somebody yesterday, I just, every day you help somebody in some way. And, and, and that, you know, I, I still have it, you know, but it's not like every day you go to the office and you're somebody's, you know, there's an issue, there's a problem that you got to help solve. But that, that kind of, that was what I really enjoyed about coaching and, and working with uh, working with young men and helping them grow. 
Coach, you bring up a good time talking with Coach Weber, of course, here. Um, Illini fans know that voice. Uh, and it, it, you still got it now on the Big Ten Network, of course. Coach, I remember that. You bring up a great point, that 03-04 season. And you're right. When you hit that point, from that point in early 04, all the way getting into um, uh, early 06, you guys won. And this isn't accurate. It's, it's close. Something like 63 out of 66 games. I, yes. I mean, you, you lost to Duke to end the season here. And then... Uh, and I think lost the Big Ten tournament, and then of course the two games in 0405, and then you won like the first 14 games the next year. So I mean, that was a you're right, one of the most unbelievable runs we've seen the last 20 years um, in the, in college basketball. Um, tell us about you know the, the game now. I mean, you 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 got out right before things kind of got crazy. <laughs> Seeing some coaches, you know, Jay Wright was the biggest shocker. Mark Turgeon walking away, and some others. Um, how's the game changed now in the very short time? since you retired from the bench? Oh, it's, you know, obviously NIL was starting to, you know, become part of college basketball. Uh, the portal, you know, started a year ago. Um, you know, those two things. And, and you know, I, I always say, you know, AAU started and recruiting rules just started. And all there's been a lot of changes. I've seen it all. Three-point shot being put in, extending the three-point line, to, you know, uh, even the shot clock, you know, that they experimented with, uh, with it in the early eighties and then they added it. And so there's been a lot of things and, you know, coach Katie with AU went in, I remember he like, Oh, it's going to kill basketball. Well, it didn't kill basketball. And, and, you know, it's just part of life, the changes, but I, I I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried. A lot of coaches I talked to, you know, today I, I've tried, talk I, I talked to different coaches guys that retired because this is a big week you know the I did talk to Mark Turgeon today I talked to Bob McKillop today I, I you know I, I tried to connect with coach Beeline didn't get a chance but uh, Kevin Stallings you know guys that have been around and I think we're all worried uh, and even Matt Painter Tom Izzo guys that I deal with um, you know assistant coaches <laughs> Chris Lowry guys have been in it uh, you know is you know is the NIL sustainable um, you know, is it, is it going to create issues in locker rooms? Is it going to create issues with fans, boosters that give money and then players don't, um, you know, don't they have great production and now they don't, you know, are they, you know, so there's a lot of questions. We'll have to see what happens, but the money part, the sustainable part is something that I, I wonder if it can keep going. Uh, it'll be interesting that if that happens, but, uh, you know, the, the bad part, I think for fans, you don't, you know, guys keep leaving, rosters keep changing. You, you you watch these guys grow, and that was part of the the fun to see Darren Williams, you know, get better. And and you know, he had a good freshman year, a better sophomore year, and again a great junior year. So um, you know, those that was I think the fans are gonna miss it. And for the players, you know what I really worry about? I talked with Matt Painter about this in length. You know, when players stay at a place for four years, they have somebody to call to go for help. And now if they keep moving, who are they going to call when they need help? Because they're going to need help. Everyone needs help sometimes. Right. And, um, you know, I, I one of my guys left K-State the last year. And, you know, I, I, I still I'm not mad at him. I understand. But I, I talked to him the other day and he just said, Coach, thank you for reaching out. I just love hearing your voice. And and he you know, he needed help and I'm going to help him. But, uh, you know, but I. It, it's harder when they do leave and, and, 
You know, I don't think parents, I don't think kids realize that staying at a place, developing, uh, networking uh, gives you long time, lifetime relationships that are going to help you, you know, hopefully with jobs and whatever. When And you can go back to the reunions. Are you going to have, I had a, my SIU 20, uh, six, sweet 16, 20th year anniversary. And we had a bunch of guys back at, at raising money for SIU basketball, but you know, those guys, those guys were talking about it. Coach, we wouldn't be here, you know, if, if, if the portal was in, guys were all moving around. We wouldn't have had that run into the Sweet 16. So, um, and they said they felt bad because guys are going to miss that. They're going to miss coming back in 20 years from now and saying, hey, I was part of this special thing. Yeah, it's the game has obviously changed. Now, for you, you know, you spent a lot of time in the Big Ten. You've seen and at Illinois, and then you saw. You know, you were out out in the Big Twelve. But Illinois is kind of you know when you were there, you had some of the obviously the highest of highs going to the Final Four. Now you've seen them kind of have a resurgence. Now, what are what are your thoughts on where Brad Underwood's taken this program um, uh, since he took over? You know, he's gotten obviously. You know, players help and all players make it better coaches. There's no doubt. And he's been able to get some good players. And um, he I don't think he's, he's not afraid to coach them. I think that's important it's with young coaches. I think right now I'm worried about a little bit when I go out to some campuses, the young guys, you don't have to cuss them out and do this to them that. But you got to coach them. You know, that's part of, you know, if you're a teacher. And, and you've done that. If you don't demand something, they're not going to learn. They're not going to get better. So uh, and improve. And you got to, you know, there's got to be discipline and things like that. So, you know, he he's been able to get players. He's been able to get them to play hard, play together, um, you know, and, and he's done a great job to win. a You know, anytime you win championships in the Big Ten, it's special because it doesn't happen all the time. You know, one of the questions I had is, is, you know, you started with Coach Katie at uh, uh, Western Kentucky, and then you went with him to Purdue, and you were there for 18 years. Yeah. And, and, and I'm a Southern Illinois grad, so you went to SIU and did a wonderful job there. What made you decide to transition to being a head coach at that point in your career? And then how much did all those years – of being, you know, the lead assistant. How much did that help you when you then were were running the show yourself? Well, I think one you got to remember when I went to Western Kentucky. First of all, I graduated col. I graduated high school at seventeen. Graduated college at twenty. Now you see freshmen coming in at twenty. <laughs> Guys going <laughs> to twenty twenty five. So I was the youngest assistant of Big Ten for quite a while, and 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 at that time. Young guys weren't getting coaching jobs. So I'm, I'm, you know, Coach Katie, Clem Haskins is one assistant, Clem the Gem, if you remember, and Ray Hyde, who yep. played at North Carolina, uh, with Phil Ford in that. He was the other assistant. So, you know, Clem gets the job. Ray decides to stay with Clem because they just had a baby and had a, and built a house. I, you know, and Coach just, I'm the grad assistant. He goes, You want to come? I, well, yeah, I'll come to Purdue. So, <laughs> uh, you know, but, um, you know, it was just a you know unbelievable opportunity for me, and then to be with him, we won what six Big Ten championships, and you know I wish we would have got to the Final Four. We had a few teams, we just never got there. But uh, you know, I was going to be the head coach at Purdue. I mean, it was pretty well documented or whatever talked about, and and then we got a new AD and a new president, and they said, "Oh, you got 
You know, if you're going to get this job, you got to improve yourself as a head coach. Well, you know, Coach Katie said, you better get your butt out there and be get a head coaching job. And, and the Southern job just happened to fall in place. And um, and then the funny thing is, and I talked with some Purdue people yesterday, yet that when I was there that, know it, you know, every year they asked me to come back. And I just, I wasn't going to be the guy to push Coach Katie out. Um you know, that he, he, he's, you know, beside my dad, mom, you know, probably, you know, most of influential person in my life. And I, I'd meet with coach at the final four. I say, are you ready? And I knew he wasn't ready to retire. He didn't really want to retire when he did, but, um, you know, and so I had to, I, I went to Southern and then, you know, and a lot of people don't even know this, just a few, even when I was at Illinois, they still called me and said, well, you want to come? come to Purdue. And I, I, you know, at that time I was too invested obviously in Illinois and, and even at Southern, we just, I said, I just, you made me move. I moved my family. We got a really good team coming up and I, and I enjoy being a head coach and I uh, didn't want to, you know, be the one that kind of, you know, why you moving coach out. And then obviously when coach, they made the decision that he was going to retire. Um, you know, we worked it out where Matt became the, you know, coaching, waiting, uh, and, 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 you know, it's just amazing what Matt has done at Purdue, you know, the, what fourth leading wins in the history of the big 10 now, uh, fourth or fifth, whatever it is behind coach Katie, coach Knight, and Tom Izzo, I think. And so, you know, it ended up being a really good story for him. Bruce Weber now big 10 network analyst <laughs> is what it says on his business card coach. Uh, thanks for your time and uh, and the memories and and I I'm I'm serious. I hope that you'll join us again soon because um, there's so many stories that that we could talk about that I know Illini fans uh, and Big Ten fans uh, would enjoy. Uh, so please come back and um, and 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 good luck with this season. We can't wait to uh, to watch you uh, get more comfortable and and there your calls would then be better. Uh, not that they were ever not good uh, throughout this season. No, I, I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate it. I'd love to come back. And hopefully as the season gets on and I've seen all the teams, we can you know, maybe in January talk about the Big Ten and what it's about. I got, I'll got i see six or seven teams in person before then and hopefully more on TV and uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be an interesting year in the league. It, uh, there's a lot of, you know, when we were at Big Ten Media Day, I all, you know, who's the best? Who's the top three? It was different on almost every person's board. So, um, it should be fun to watch. And obviously, you know, last night, 14, one, two, three, and, and Mackie, uh, in champagne, a, a sellout probably Friday night. Uh, those are, you know, especially be part of great, great traditions and, uh, fan support and, uh, happy to be part of it. What a uh, great job that the, uh, the basketball gods or the brass at BTN have laid upon you that your first two stops in this new role, West Lafayette. And then uh, champagne. This is very cool. I think so, I think they I think they thought about that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. Great timing though, and uh, and you're reading yeah. my mind. We definitely want to have your ex- expertise on here later on. Um, yeah. Coach uh, Bruce Weber here again. He's now an analyst, uh, game analyst with the Big Ten Network, um, doing the game uh, Friday night in Illinois at Illinois, and then we'll talk to him again later on. And uh, you make sure you catch his uh, talents uh, on your tube or streaming, however you do that. Uh, this segment presented by OSF Healthcare. Stay with us. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are. 
wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry Smith, Mike Kangley, Brad Sturdy here in hour number two as we are counting our way through November, fellas. And by the way, we should say as well, uh, Veterans Day, we certainly humble thanks to uh, all the veterans, everyone um, who um, sacrificed to uh, keep us safe, make our country great. We should say that and allow us to enjoy uh, great Big Ten football on the weekends. Uh, Brad, you know, it's back in August. We knew it would be two teams in the East uh, marching their way through the regular schedule, and uh, they have not disappointed uh, to this point in the season. No, they have, uh, you know, number two and number three right now in, in the rankings. Number two, Ohio State is hosting Indiana, and Indiana's hoping for another uh, windstorm so that they can <laughs> shut down the Ohio State passing game like Northwestern did. Uh, it's interesting. I, I think Ohio State and this sounds crazy, but I really feel like this is a team that's playing to get to Michigan. I feel like their whole season is centered around that game and getting to that college football, big 10 championship game, the college football playoff. So luckily I think they've got most of their difficult games out of the way. Of course you didn't think Northwestern would be difficult, but you know, this is going to be one of those things where Ohio state just has to come focused and they may have had, may have gotten lucky because they got their wake up call in a win. And when you can get your wake up call in a win, that's always a good thing for a team like that. Yeah, and and of course, number three, Michigan's facing Nebraska. And I, I really think this Michigan team, this is their trap game because I think they feel like watching Illinois last week lose to Michigan State, whom they defeated, and then watching Ohio State struggle with Northwestern, Michigan may be feeling like they're invulnerable if they're going to get beat, it might be this week against Nebraska, although Michigan is playing about the best in the Big Ten right now. Number 14, Penn State uh, taking on Maryland. And the Nittany Lions uh, have a chance right now to you know, possibly get to 11 wins, which they haven't done since 2019. Um, in fact, they're right now at 7-2, and two, taking on the Terrapins that you know a week ago in this space, I was saying, hey, they're the best 6-2 team and the country, no one's talking about it. And then they went out and, and they got beat by Wisconsin. But anyway, uh, the Nittany Lions uh, favored in this one uh, by 10 points. It's a 3.30 Eastern kickoff on Fox. And so uh, let's see how they come through. Some motivation there for the Lions to get to 10 and 2. You're not going to get a shot to get to Indy because you've got the two big boys in front of you. Uh, but a chance for a very nice season here for Penn State. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Maryland. I, I think that still you have to put in perspective that it's still a good year when you can get six or seven wins at Maryland, right? For like, and that's where Brett Bielema at Illinois, a lot of Illinois fans were disappointed with the loss to Michigan state, which they should be. But at the same time, this is an Illinois team that nobody, I mean, I think the over under on their wins this year, going into this year was 4.5 and they sit at seven and two and they're playing Purdue at home senior day with an opportunity of to essentially not completely clinch the big 10 West, but really put it on a lock 
uh, where it has to, you know, that they control their own destiny if they win on um, Saturday. And, you know, so this is uh, it's a game. Purdue did not look good against Iowa, against quality defense. Now, some of that maybe it was the win, and Purdue's a passing team. Illinois has the best defensive backs uh, rating-wise in the Big Ten and the best defense scoring-wise in the Big Ten. So it'll be very interesting, interesting to see how, how Purdue's able to throw the ball against Illinois and whether Illinois just can basically use Chase Brown and move the ball up and down the field, but then convert in the red zone against Purdue. If they do that, they will win this game and move into great position for the Big Ten West. Yeah, Illinois' pass rush has to put a little bit more pressure on Purdue as well. Um, I, I'm, this is the most intriguing game of the week to me. Two five and four teams, both three and three in the conference, uh, two teams that had much higher expectation when the year started. Wisconsin visiting Iowa, I think battle of two tough defenses, um, two offenses that are kind of starting to wake up a little bit. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I still think that Iowa defense is pretty fearsome, and if they had any type of offense, um, they would be uh, much higher in the in the rankings the, this season. Yeah, two two staunch defenses. There are going to that game's points are a premium there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know the Rut- Rutgers team has has had some moments when they've looked decent, and then um, you know Michigan State's really had a down year. But Rutgers travels to Michigan State this weekend. Now, I kind of look at the Spartans; they're coming off that big win against Illinois. So we always talk about this, and Mike, Mike, you and I have talked about this on our podcast, where sometimes that team can just have that one week where they kind of raise to a certain level because they're short guys, or it's us against the world, and then reality comes back. You wonder if Michigan State snaps back to reality. They're more talented than Rutgers, but you know they've been more talented than a lot of teams they played this year and haven't gotten the job done. So Michigan State, if they come out focused, will win. But Rutgers is going to be that team that they could be a thorn in their side if Michigan State doesn't come out ready to play. Yeah, and and you know I, I totally agree with that. And then you look at Northwestern going to visit Minnesota, and yeah, Minnesota had a little bump in the road there, but all of a sudden PJ Flex got this team. You know, with three games to go, they got the ability to to win nine games this year. Going into this seven and three, um, I think a home game. I think we're going to see Ibrahim go crazy, and I think Minnesota is going to keep that uh, trying to get a high bowl bid. I think they're going to keep progressing. So, guys, any upsets uh, that you like? I I agree that Wisconsin Iowa game is interesting. Usually, they're right there at the top, and everyone's chasing one of them. Not the case now. No, those are those are two teams that are usually at the top of the Big Ten West playing for that title. And Wisconsin's actually a one and a half point favorite at Iowa, which to me is kind of surprising. But I know Iowa's offense is really bad at times. So <laughs> but I, I really think at Iowa, that's a that's a tough game. I, I think I would take the Hawkeyes to win that one. Um that I don't see anything else. You know, a lot of lopsided games. I mean, the other closest game is Illinois Purdue. I think Illinois takes care of business at home. I think they're very motivated. So everything else is a double digit point spread. Yeah, I would not be surprised to see Iowa pull it out. It's really hard for me. When you take a look at Iowa's history, especially against ranked teams when they're playing at home, it's hard for me to think that Wisconsin's going to come in and and beat Iowa, you know, as they wave to the kids and, and all the things that are going on there. <laughs> so basically what that's telling our listeners is go out and bet heavily on Wisconsin, because if I said I was going to win, they probably won't. 
<laughs> That's how I make my money, Mike. I bet against you. <laughs> it's been very effective, hasn't it? <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the possible expansion. We haven't uh, talked about that issue in, in a few weeks here, but interesting reports um, that the uh, Stanford president telling the, the, the school paper there that uh, there's a lot happening behind closed doors in terms of uh, possible realignment and that kind of thing. We keep hearing rumors that it's essentially, eventually, Stanford, Cal, Oregon, Washington to the Big Ten at some point. Uh, this is curious that he admits this is there are conversations uh, going on behind closed doors right now with the 10 universities left in the Pac-12. Yeah, you know, I, I, to me, this sounds I'm sure there are conversations. My take right here, it's like, hey, Big Ten, give us our money quickly or else we're going to go do something else. Because we're not going to, you know, and you'll have to wait six years to get us. Yeah. If I'm the big 10, I'm going to Amazon with a dollar figure in mind. And I'm saying we'll stream Saturday night, you know, big 10 games, 10 PM. You get first choice of home games on the West coast, but here's the dollar figure you have to hit. And then I get, I get that. And then I go tell the Pac-10 teams, the other four that we've talked about, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, and Cal, then I get them to join. And then you get prime two-day shipping with all teams. <laughs> exactly. Ex exactly. Exactly. Perfect. We want it one day. <laughs> well, that's how they ship all their equipment. It's right there. And then they have the whole fleet of trucks to take the team to the hotel and to the state. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very efficient. You know, so hopefully uh, Kevin Warren's listening to us. Yeah, yeah, we will see what uh, <laughs> what happens there. But as we know, again, the Big Ten money uh, and that media deal is so massive. Um, they, again, still call the shots no matter what anybody says anywhere else. If the Big Ten calls, you pick up the phone uh, or in this case, you pick up your uh, smartphone and you text them right back and call them. So, all right, uh, stay with us. We're back with more after this. Ten gallon hat atop his head, lasso at his side. Kendrick Prince has a bit of a swagger with basketball signing day this week. None of the catches from recent months got away. A very big day for both the men's and women's Illini hoop teams. Kendrick Prince serves as the director of recruiting for IlliniGuys.com. Ken, let's get right to it. Uh, these are three guys that you can see um, playing some very big special roles for the Illini starting next fall. Yes, today is like the bestest, bestest day ever for me. I love recruiting signing day. Um, it's a good time and, and it's good for Illinois fans because recruiting is at an all-time high right now for Illinois. Um, you know, they signed, you know, they, they wanted Amani Hansberry, who ended up being the number one player out of, out of uh, Maryland. Um, he's a four-star recruit, uh, big, uh, six, seven, six, eight kid. Um, we can debate his, his weight because it changes every day. Um, with him, but he's a guy that they really, really wanted. Um, Coach Underwood talked a lot about um, him getting in shape and his willingness to play different positions, which I think is huge. You know, then they were uh, lucky enough to get Drayvon Gibbs Lawhorn, who's from Lafayette, um, Indiana. He's a point guard, which they desperately needed really, really bad um, going into next year. He's a really true point guard, athletic guard. Um, reminds me a lot of Darren Williams, to be honest with you. Um, and then Zachary Parents, a 16 kid who just loves Illinois. Um, he was on campus for an official visit last week. Doesn't like to talk to the media a lot, but it was good to see him. And a lot of people are comparing him to a young Coleman Hawkins. Brad, what was your thoughts on some of this? 
Yeah. So I always think it's fun to, you know, come up with those player comparisons. I always think that's interesting. And, you know, with Hansberry, it was everybody was uh, originally people were saying, oh, he's like Draymond Green, but he scores the ball so well. So he's not like Draymond Green because he's more of a scorer, you know, so he's a little bit different. I, I don't know. He's somebody he's like if uh, I was I'll go back to my thing. It's like if Dane Danger and Draymond Green had a baby. It would have been Amani Hansberry. So there you go. We'll put that together. But then, I, no, he's just got that offensive game back to the basket, face up, put it on the floor, does everything. And then uh, I, uh, the the Zachary Perrin, I, I liken him to James Augustine from old Illini days. Left-handed, runs the floor really well, really goes and gets rebounds, um, six foot ten and athletic. And then uh, Draven Gibbs Lahorn is uh, as a kid who's you know you mentioned Darren Williams. I think he's got a, that kind of feel for the game. Not quite as big bodied, um, but he's got just a really good. Uh, feel he can run the point. And now when I watched him, when he was a Purdue commitment and I watched him back in the day, I said, he's Carson Edwards. He's going to light Illinois up at some, <laughs> some point down the road. And so uh, now, now he will be scoring for Illinois instead of against them. Yeah. I looked at Hansberry and I got to be honest with you. I see a little bit of Lowell, Lowell Hamilton. Cause he goes in and plays against guys bigger than him. And you're thinking, well, these guys are bigger than him. It's, you know, it's easy to disadvantage. And then you look up and he's like, wow, he outscored him and out-rebounded him. Hmm. Um, what do you guys think in terms of uh, uh, which one of these players, if you're going to guess, has the highest ceiling? For me personally right now, I would have to probably say Drayvon, just me, just because I think he'll be, he'll be a more of a scorer. Um, he'll put points on the board. Um, his style of play is creativity. His, you know, he can score in, you know, in multiple different ways. Amani's just a serviceable guy. He reminds me of a kind of a, like a Ty Rogers, but he'll, I think he's the much better polished shooter at this stage of the career. But I would probably say right now for me, it would have to be Draymond. Yeah, for me, the ceiling question probably, I go with Zach as probably the highest ceiling just because of size. I think all three of these guys are going to be really good. I think the one thing about Hansberry, though, is that I think he doesn't, he's a four-year guy, three or four-year guy. So he may have the greatest impact over the course of four years because he might play all four years, but maybe it's not really a fit, you know, as a six, a little bit undersized, you know, player and so forth. So, um, yeah, I, I just think they're all going to be really good. I think they all bring a certain thing to it. I think Perrin's got the upside because of the size and because of it, just his international plays really already on NBA draft radars um, at coming in. And that's impressive. And then meanwhile, on the uh, women's side, we talked a lot about Shauna Green and, and just the start she's had in her first few months uh, with this program and try to put her stamp on it. And boy, does she come out of the box with a couple of, of real gems as, as recruits who signed this week. Yes, she did, Larry. Um, you know, she addressed needs, you know, right away. What she was able to do was to go out and she, Illinois, in my opinion, I thought they always needed some size. And they needed a knockdown shooter. And I think Gretchen Dolan from Buffalo, New York, who's a 5'11 guard, she's just a bucket getter. She scores a lot. Um, and I'm, she averaged 38 points a game. And I think that's going to be the girl that they're going to really look forward to, look forward to, to knock down shots when teams are starting to collapse on other people. You know, when you watch them play, they do defend. But she lets the kids get out and shoot the basketball. And that's one of the things that Gretchen can do extremely well. But she's also able to put the ball on the floor. Very, very aggressive score out of New York. And then the other girl that they um, was able to get signed and committed was Corey Allen, um, originally from Nashville, Tennessee. 
Um, now she's at Mount Verde um, playing basketball there. She is going to be a fan favorite. When you look at, you know, some of your favorite Illini, football, basketball players, golf, or what have you, she's very, very special. She is tough, strong, committed, and and she I – mean, I did a podcast with her, and she just basically told people, you know, you got to guard me because I'm going to get mine. So I love her attitude. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, two really important players. Um, I, you mentioned Dolan. You know how hard it is to score 38 points a game <laughs> at any level. I don't care where you're playing. So, um, and, and in 32 minutes, it's really impressive. And then Corey Allen is an instant impact kind of player with her body. She's already got the strength and size to come in and compete for uh, minutes and, and also put, you know, uh, probably have a chance to push for a starting position as a freshman. So very impressive class. And I was told this week, here's your insider, they're not done. So... Ah. The women are not done. So they're not done, and they literally could have a couple of gals on the Big Ten all-freshman team next year. And I, I have to, to give you a double on that, Brad. When was the last time that Illinois men or women signed somebody who averaged 38 points a game? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's been a while. Kaufman, I mean, Kaufman put up massive numbers. I don't know if he ever got 38, but – Man, he was in the 30s, and so I, it's been a while, though. I mean, that's that's a lot of points, guys. That, that's a scoring and, machine. And, well, and she scored 50, I believe, believe three or four times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's going to be a heck of a player. Yeah. Mike scored that many in his career, too. Oh, you meant in one game. <laughs> oh, yeah. You you meant, oh, I, thought, I thought we were talking career totals. <laughs> <laughs> I can't score 38 by myself at the uh, <laughs> just out of the park shooting. So mom calls me before I can get to 20. Hey, Ken, thanks. Uh, we'll talk with you later. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Kendrick Prince, director of recruiting for Lanaguys.com. Uh, great stuff all week long, as always, right there on the front page. Um, as uh, he and uh, Brad just did such a great job of really keeping us up to date uh, with these players. And then again, when it comes down to signing on the dotted line, they were right there as well. Check out Ked's. A recruiting roundup podcast as well for all these interviews with these future Illini. The Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie, talks about the women's season opener. That's next on the Sports Spectacular. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Hey, this is Mike Small, the golf coach of your Fighting Illini men's golf team, and you're listening to the Atlanta Guys Sports Spectacular. It's been a week of writing checks and new contracts for Illini coaches. Women's golf coach Renee Sloan, uh, baseball coach Dan Hartliff, guys, uh, both getting uh, some nice new contract extensions. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you want to, if you feel confident in your coaching staff, you definitely want to give them those extension helps in recruiting. Um, one thing I just noticing early signing period, Dan, Dan Hartliff did a great job this year with his recruiting class. This is an elite recruiting class, probably one of the best ones he's had. So uh, maybe that, maybe uh, Josh Whitman knew that ahead of time. So he said, we got to keep this guy. <laughs> yeah, I think continuity is is what has been proven many times to help build good programs. And, you know, there's no better example than going back to Duke could have easily let go Mike Mike Krzyzewski early 
and uh, he built that program into the program. So um, continuity counts. Yeah, not like Krzyzewski was killing it the first three years at Duke. Nope. Look that up, and you can see that uh, he, he struggled mightily and turned out be, to possibly be the GOAT among college coaches. Uh, speaking of uh, hiring good coaches and keeping them, uh, how about the women's basketball team and their opener Wednesday night with the big victory? Adalia McKenzie, she's the Illini gal of the Fighting Illini women's team. Joining us now, the team uh, opened their first campaign with a big win over Long Island under new head coach Shauna Green and her staff. What a great way uh, to start things off. And Adalia, hello again. And uh, 12 points. Talk to us about the game. Uh, this looked like everything went your way. Um, and you guys were really in sync and, and played really hard. Hey, uh, yeah, the game was a good game. I feel like we did well with executing our offense and staying composed because they're a pretty scrappy team. But I will say we could have did better with, like, not letting them get second-chance points. Like, we had a few missed box outs where that led to them scoring. So we just got to tighten up our defense on that area. Adalia, as you guys uh, start in the season, obviously it's great to get off to a good start with a win. Uh, how do you – how do you feel like you're progressing, you know, as you get into game play and getting play against other people? Yeah, I feel like my confidence has gotten higher and our team confidence has like grown a lot seeing like us play against other people and not just ourselves. So it's just been good to get out there and be able to finally play against somebody else. <laughs> yeah. That defense was pretty good. You, you know, 14 for 59 is that's that's solid defense. Um, what do you guys think you have to do to prevent uh, another 15 uh, offensive rebound game from a team that you're playing against? Honestly, just sticking to the basics with just boxing out and not just like hit the person, but push them back, you know, and just sticking to the principles and going to pursue the rebound. So now you got a big game uh, up next against Alcorn State. And, you know, when you first uh, joined the show and you first took on the moniker Illini Gal, which you are, Adalia, the Illini Gal, um, what, what's different between then and now? Um, you know, it, it, it feels to me that, like you said, number one, you yourself are so much confident. And it seems like perhaps the team um, had a real good feel in terms of what the coaches wanted to do, what the game plan was. Um, and it just felt like, even though you have a lot of different new players coming in, um, that you work together. And it, it didn't seem like some of the games that I saw last year that that was always the case. Yeah, I'll also I'll say like the main thing we like talk about is kind of like being composed and staying comfortable. I'll say now, like personally, I feel very comfortable in the game, and I don't find myself struggling to score or get a rebound. Like, I know what to do, and I'm just very comfortable out there. So, by the way, Adalia, 14 for 59 was Mike's normal shooting percentage. So he's very familiar with that shooting. That's that's how he used to do it. Is there? <laughs> they have new backboards in Muhammad because of him. So, <laughs> so I, I do want to, I, I, you know, Coach Green is obviously a stickler for defense. I thought it was interesting that you guys were able to, you know, maybe do something from your exhibition to your opener that you saw a matchup zone, which was a little bit different, and took away some of your ability to maybe drive and get in the paint. 
And so you had to adjust your offense. How, how do you feel like you guys did as, as far as like being able to adjust on the fly or, or change from game to game? Two teams are very dissimilar. Yeah, that would just come with preparation. I feel like our coaches prepared us well and like telling us like how things are going to be and what to look out for. But another thing Coach Green was telling us just to stick to like our principles, like we still ran our man plays against that zone and we still treated it as if it was just like a regular man because their zone wasn't that good, you know. It just kind of seemed a bit out of control, so we could still run our things. But I'll just say we did well with making that adjustment and staying locked in. So, so uh, after you've had a chance, you know, to go out and play, did uh, any of your teammates surprise you with anything out there on the court? Um, I'll say, wouldn't say surprise, but I will say Aisha did really well with like getting her own rebounds after she missed or just going up strong because you know her being 6'6 she has an advantage over a lot of like other posts so I think she did well I think she had 10 points Mm -hmm. she was eager to get that ball and she was eager to go right back up so it was good to see that so a great opening night uh for Adalia for uh her teammates for uh, all her coaches uh, 75 40, they get the win over LIU. And boy, I could have sworn they were the Blackbirds. Maybe I'm thinking of something different, but they're now the Sharks. So, um, you know, hey, uh, who knows? Uh, but we move on. Sunday, November 13th, coming up, uh, it is the next home game uh, versus Alcorn State. It is Military Appreciation Day here on Veterans Day weekend. Uh, if you have a ticket from the football game against Purdue, save that and get free admission to see Adalia and her teammates. Uh, take on the Braves of Alcorn State. Adalia McKenzie, uh, congrats on the opening win. Let's get some more, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. All right, she's Adalia McKenzie, the Fighting Illini women's team, 12 points in the opener here. And as we have been saying, uh, telling you now for months, she will be one of the key players that we are watching uh, for Shauna Green's uh, Fighting Illini team. All right, stay with us. Much more to come. We'll take a trip around college football and uh, some of the top matchups on this Saturday. That's next. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry, Mike, and Brad still here with you as we take a look around uh, the college football top 25. We were, we were just talking here in the, in the commercial break. Um, you know, not as many great um, marquee matchups as we had a week ago, but um, because we're getting now into um, the, toward the end of the regular season, so many games uh, have quite a bit of meat to them. Georgia back on top again uh, for the first time in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, they opened in the first CFP rankings last week at number three, and then went out and quickly uh, brought Tennessee down to earth. The Vols first loss of the season, and uh, they fall from the number one spot. So now it's Georgia back up number one. Uh, they are at Mississippi State. The Bulldogs a 16 point favorite and uh, you know very much in control of their own destiny, obviously. The defending national champions uh, can win their fifth SEC East title in the last six years uh, with a win over the Bulldogs or uh, a win next week when they travel to number 24, Kentucky. But Georgia, um, again, you can pretty much uh, put a Sharpie. They're going to be in Atlanta uh, in early December. Yeah, Georgia's on a roll. Mississippi State may give them a a tussle. Mike Leach is going to have some great quotes, so I know that. (laughs) So um, um, the uh, Ohio State takes on Indiana. You got to like the. The Buckeyes are going to have a little vengeance in mind. They're going to want to definitely, um, you know, after their game with uh, Northwestern where they weren't very good, 
Uh, you know, hopefully there won't be a windstorm for them, but Indiana has not been very good outside of their win against Illinois this year. Have ha, has not a very good season. That had been the bounce back year they were hoping for. So Buckeyes roll in this one. Yeah, Mickey Joseph is trying his best to get the head coaching job at Nebraska. This is going to be a tough week for Trev Alvers to pull the trigger on that because Michigan is playing the best ball in the Big Ten. I don't expect Nebraska to be able to keep this one very close. Maybe the enigma of the week is in the Big 12. Uh, TCU at number four in the CFP ranking, so that's pretty sweet. You'd be in the national semifinals if they chose tomorrow. At 18th ranked Texas, where they are a seven-point underdog. Brad mentioned this in the break, uh, pointed that out to us. TCU 9-0, just amazing. One of just four undefeated teams left in FBS. They got the win last week, uh, 34-24 for Texas Tech. But the Horn Frogs right now, um, the Roddy Dangerfield, pulling at their their necktie and uh, screaming no respect. Yeah, it's tough to be Rodney Dangerfield uh, and play football. So um, that was uh, that's hard for TCU. Texas is pretty good, though. I think Texas talented team. I think people are looking at that talent saying, hey, they're going to finally, and TCU's good luck's going to run out. We'll see. Tennessee, they're going to get right back on the, the bike, and they're going to take on Missouri. Uh, interesting, Missouri team that, almost, that gave Georgia probably one of their toughest games, if I recall. So this is a uh, Tennessee has to come ready to play. I think they are going to be focused in this one. Uh, they want to write the ship because they're still right in the hunt to make the college football playoff. If some teams lose. And number 25, Washington is visiting number six, Oregon, Oregon's heavily favored in this. Bo Nix is trying to make his run at the Heisman. He cannot afford another loss. I think this is going to be a game where Washington just finds out they cannot Keep up with that high-octane Oregon offense. Meanwhile, in the SEC, uh, LSU all the way up to number seven in the CFP rankings, riding high after that thrilling overtime win uh, over Alabama last week. They dropped the tide to two losses, and you know they're now on um, you know their therapist uh, uh, chair on the couch trying to figure out what went wrong. Two losses before Thanksgiving? What? That, we, how, how does it even happen? Uh, LSU seven and two. They're at Arkansas, and and the Tigers all of a sudden really you know with with that win. Um, you know, they've got an inside shot now, a, a chance to ground the SEC West title. Uh, who had that on their SEC bingo card at the start of the season? LSU could be there. And uh, it seems like the team has kind of ignored a little bit in Brian Kelly's first year. Um, but they've come through and, and got the win. And again, if they can win their uh, last two conference games, uh, they can be right there. Yeah, Brian Kelly can be a tough guy to like, but there's no question that he can coach some football. Yep. Um, yes. Arkansas won't lay down for them though. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna fight in this one. Uh, USC, I, I think Colorado may lay down for USC though. Uh, this could be a, a game where USC uh, it, it rolls. Uh, the, I think Southern Cal is is a team that you know just has such a good offensive presence, and they didn't even play that well last last week. But they're ranked eighth. They're eight and one. They got a chance to make this college football playoff if they win out. They're thirty four and a half point favorites against Colorado and. Right now, I, I think USC's uh, that might be a little low. So we'll see what happens. And of course, number nine Alabama visiting number eleven Old Miss. And you get your heart goes out to these Alabama fans. They have, they're having to deal <laughs> with the fact that Alabama is seven and two this year. Something they have not seen for what decades. <laughs> um, but I will. I just have a feeling that uh, Nick Saban's going to be angry, and even Lane Kiffin, who would like to be the next. Alabama coach is not going to be able to keep this uh, uh, old Miss team to, to keep that uh, streak going to two. 
for losses for Alabama. You know, we were talking a few weeks ago when they um, fell out of the, the the top five, and it was the the end of a run of like 79 yeah. consecutive regular season games in the top five. I mean, lose against Ole Miss, and all of a sudden you could be a double digit ranking. I mean, they, they might shut the program down if that happens. Oh, the humanity! Exactly. So must so, be rough. That's right. Why don't you go into class? Dad, I can't. Got three losses, and we're ranked. <laughs> we're ranked four. 14th. <laughs> I got to let you go. Uh, speaking of number 10, uh, Clemson, boy, they were exposed last week by Notre Dame. And I was looking really good and uh, plummeting to a double digit ranking as well. They are not been used to that for the most part over the last decade too. Uh, Clemson at home against Louisville Cardinals, a little surprising at six and three. Um, but again, uh, the one thing about Clemson, um, they are uh, still six and zero in the ACC, even though that was uh, just a slap down there. We'll see how the Tigers bounce back. Yeah. It- Clemson still has an outside shot. They win out. You never know what can happen. If teams start losing, some strange things can happen. But uh, UCLA is another team trying to make that college football playoff, and they've, they're they trying to win out. Although they sit at 12th, they have some really big games coming up, um, you know, games with USC and, and that if they win, obviously they're going to vault into some national contention. But this week they've got Arizona, their 20-point favorites um, at home. This is a game you, you really like. Chip Kelly and his squad to take care of business against Arizona. Yeah. And you have uh Stanford visiting number 13, Utah. Utah is just better at every facet of the game than Stanford. Um, Coach Shaw's got to be pulling his hair out. And I, I see this as a easy victory for Utah. Penn state uh, seven and two, and they're at home against uh, Maryland in this one. And you know, really it's funny. James Franklin is we talking about the just consistency. Um, you know, he said, you, you want that consistency. Um, you know, and really they've got the kind of schedule. They could, they could win out, get to those double digit wins, get to a good bowl game, um, and kind of get something going. Um, you know, and again, you've, you've got Ohio state and Michigan to deal with every year. It's tough to, to get to those 10, 11, 12 wins because you got to play those guys, but, uh, but they're trying to get their fifth conference win, uh, this season right now, uh, uh battle of two teams that are trying to, they're battling for third place in the big 10 East. Uh, a team that's kind of been a surprise team this year is, is North Carolina. North Carolina traveling to Wake Forest. The uh, the Tar Heels are ranked 15th. They are eight and one. And you know, if you look at their schedule, this is one of the. This might be the the game that that they have to win if they want to find a way to win this. Their uh, win the ACC. And this is they've got North Carolina State at home. They've got Georgia Tech at home coming up. But Wake Forest is a really quality opponent and. Um, they're, they're a team that can do some damage if North Carolina doesn't play well. And I, I think North Carolina maybe got underrated because they lost Notre Dame back when we didn't value Notre Dame very well back early in the season. Now, Notre Dame looks a lot better. And you start looking, well, that's your only loss. That's not that bad. Yeah, Boston College goes to visit number 16, North Carolina State. I think this is uh, – North Carolina State has lost to the two good teams that they've played uh, this year. Unfortunately for Boston College, they're not the third. So I would anticipate North Carolina State uh, cruising to a, a nice victory at home. How about Tulane still climbing the rankings up to number 17 now and a top 25 matchup against number 22 uh, Central Florida. And uh, uh, this, again, a battle for uh, to take an advantage to conference pros uh, in the American Athletic Conference, uh, the AAC. And again, uh, you know, who can get to that spot and uh, be the highest uh, ranked group of five team and uh, try to get to a New Year's Day Bowl in this one. Uh, it's a 3.30 Eastern kickoff on ESPN2. 
And then, you know, Kansas State's ranked 19th, and they're traveling to Baylor. Now, this is a battle. What You kind of look at the way this Big 12 is shaping out, and, and they've got a, you know, it's the top two teams. you got TCU right now. They're undefeated. They're 6-0 in conference play. Baylor, Kansas State, and Texas are all 4-2. and two. So the winner of this game, it let's say TCU beats Texas, the winner of this game moves into position to be in that Big 12 title game. So this is a really important game between Kansas State. They're traveling to Baylor. Um, this uh, I, I'm not sure how this was going to shake out. Kansas State, has they both these teams have looked really good at one point and then not very good at other times. So we'll see how it plays out. But it's a good one. Yeah, Notre Dame's taking on Navy, and, and I'll give Brad credit. Uh, he got to go first, and he picked them over Clemson last week. That was actually my upset special, but he beat me to the punch. Um, and I don't think Notre Jeez. Dame has anything to worry about this Navy uh, team as the Fighting Irish are ranked 20, fueled by their defeat of the what appears to be uh, overrated Clemson Tigers. Yeah, Mike was wearing a Clemson shirt last week. Don't even let him tell you that. He was wearing, go, he said, go Dabo. So don't even let him tell you that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I have a tendency to yell that. It's the weirdest <laughs> time. <laughs> Go oh, Dabo! <laughs> the, uh, the Almost got me beat up in the Alabama bar a couple weeks ago. <laughs> sure, I bet it did. Uh, number 21, Illinois, at home against Purdue as a battle of uh, the Big Ten West. The Illini controlling their own destiny uh, to get to Indianapolis in the Big Ten. Number 23, Florida State. The Seminoles back in the rankings. They're taking on Syracuse. Two teams in the ACC heading in opposite directions. Both 6-3. and three. And uh, the Syracuse trying to salvage what's, what was just recently an undefeated season. And a 24th-ranked Kentucky, the Wildcats trying to uh, get a resurgence at 5-3, and three, and they'll be home against Vanderbilt. And that is your top 25. Stay with us. We'll take a quick timeout and much more to come after this. As we continue here on this uh, November weekend, uh, hard to believe that uh, Turkey Day now less than a couple weeks away. Uh, Mike is excited. Mike, do you eat turkey pizza too? Uh, no, pizza does not need turkey on it. Although I love turkey and I will eat turkey many different ways. I don't eat it on pizza. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I'm very, I'm very strict eatitarian. Really? Yeah, eat a Terry. But pretty much if it fits my mouth, I eat it. But there's I, I, was, <laughs> I was waiting for him to go Bubba Gump with turkey. There you go. Yeah. You know, <laughs> turkey Creole. Turkey. I'll, <laughs> I'll take barbecue turkey. Barbecue I'll take turkey. Turkey casserole. I'll take, but I do not like turkey pizza. Turkey catchatory. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. When I asked the question, I thought, uh oh, I may have stepped in it. But I, okay, we got out of it pretty quickly. Uh, you know, talking about Jackson State, Deion Sanders, we talked before. If you haven't seen it, go online and find the piece 60 Minutes did on him. It was really well done. And, and Deion admits he's honest. Hey, if, it, if a major program comes calling after what I've done here over the past year and a half, yeah, I'm going to listen to him. And I appreciate his honesty. Uh, Jackson State, again, undefeated under Deion Sanders as their head coach. And he made the the announcement this week is says, Hey, listen, if we run the table, I don't care for a playoff berth here at FCS so much. Why not give me a bowl berth against the big boys of FBS? You know, I mean, you tell me guys, if you, I don't think that happens according to the rules, but let's face it. Um, that would be a bowl game. That would be fun to watch. Well, you know, the ratings would be, they'd be higher than any of the other bowl games. I mean, yeah. other than maybe the, the playoff games, I mean, it, you know, just to have that team and that name and Dion, you know, kind of almost, pol- I don't know, politicking for a job, but he's, he's doing this. So yeah, it would be, it would be fun. 
I'm all for it if that's what they want to do. Yeah, I, 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 I just you, you just worry, you know, you don't want to move kids up to a point where they get creamed. But um, you know, I think that might be Dion saying, you know, tacitly that, hey, look, how about Auburn? You know, um, uh, I think he he's going to be a guy that many coaches or many schools will be looking for, and maybe he's just trying to accelerate the process. That's very, uh, very possible. But uh, I've said before on this program, I acknowledge, I apologize. I did not see Dion having uh, this kind of success uh, as a coach. And so, again, kudos uh, to him. Let's see what happens with that. Uh, meanwhile, a coach who is looking to move on and a coach who's looking to move on, like get out of here. The, the University of Hartford basketball coach resigning on opening day of the season. Yeah, really, the timing's really bad. I mean, I know he was very upset that they're moving from Division One to Division Three after making the NCAA tournament in 2021. Um, so, and they're independent this year, so it's tough. And I, you know, he's talking about player safety. I'm sure there are concerns um, that that are legitimate, but at the same time, I think, you know, this is where this is a school that can't afford to have the a Division One athletic program, and so they have to make a decision. You know, and they moved to division three and, um, you know, wasn't the right fit for him, but you wish he'd have done it a little bit sooner um, before not wait till, you know, two days before the first game. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a tough one. I mean, you know, you, it makes you wonder what we don't know about this story. Were there conversations that went South um, promises that were broken and we, you know, we'll never know. And hopefully he'll have his opportunity to, to go somewhere else, but there's a lot of athletic directors who will not view uh, leaving a school hanging um, as a positive when he goes into a job interview. Meanwhile, we, we got some tough news this week. Um, as you guys know, I spent um, the better part of my career with CNN sports and Turner sports and, and uh, still do a, a little bit for them uh, on the side. You may hear the voice somewhere and say, I've heard that before. <laughs> somewhere <laughs> no uh fred hickman who uh, was part of the great duo uh, nick and fred duo on cnn sports passing away this week after uh an illness that uh, went on for some time and uh just tough because i think people who are a, a little bit older our age a little younger remember um just how solid that team was um and uh and and how special the, they were um and what they meant to the the college sports world as journalists yeah, no question. And now I, I, I have a confess. I grew up on Fred Hickman in central Illinois um, when he was on WICS in Springfield and also, you know, being a Springfield Southeast graduate. So he's a, he, he's a big name around here. Uh, or he was a big name, you know, in central Illinois and loved watching him, um, you know, do the sports show. So it was a little bit of a, it was a, it was better for me. It was quicker. You know, get it done and th without all the fluff. It was just 30 minutes. Get, give me the highlights. Give me the news and, and get on. And I thought it was great. Those guys were fantastic. Yeah, we, my wife and I, uh, we would watch that show because it was only, you know, 30 minutes. And I was surprised Brad counted that far. But um, we got to we got to the 30 minute mark and we didn't have to worry about, you know, the next half hour. Um, but I thought, you know, he did a wonderful job and. You know, the 1990s, um, that was a regular in our household. And and we actually remembered, you know, that 9-11 is what knocked him and, uh, uh, you know, that show off of the air. And we were like, what do we do at 10 o'clock 
at night because we watch that show Monday through Friday religiously. I will tell you a little bit of the backstory about that. You're exactly right. Great memory that it was 9-11. Nick and Fred had their show on Monday night, September 10th. 9-11 happens the next day. We were called in for an emergency mandatory meeting uh, on September 12th. And that's when they said that uh, Sports Tonight was no more. Fred was on his car uh, on a speakerphone listening and he called in and his question in typical Fred Hickman form. He said, so when's our when's our goodbye show? And the boss at the time, Steve Robinson, I think is still with CNN. He was a Sports Illustrated guy. He said, no, no, you don't understand. You don't get a goodbye show like it's over. <laughs> so it's done. Here's, here's a great enigma from the corporate world, how this will be still one of the great enigmas of my career, which goes back to the when Reagan was still in office, is that at that time. CNN Sports Tonight show, right, was one of only four shows sold out for the remainder of 2001. And they were one and two. I forget which one was one, which one was two. Sports Tonight and Larry King Live as the biggest money makers for CNN. And yet, so they were a bona fide cash cow that AOL killed. And it's just one of the great enigmas that, uh, when, when, you know, I don't know any corporation doesn't like money, and yet somehow they felt it was a good move, and it was just crazy. One other Fred Hickman story, Fred loved his gadgets. I was on the CNN SI desk during an, an evening show updating games, and I heard this commotion behind me. He had, remember the Nokia, little small Nokia phones when it was like smaller? Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Well, he had that on with a Zoolander. new- Yeah, exactly. With a new contraption <laughs> yeah. of earbuds, right? That, that was brand new. Like, wait a minute, I can- I don't have to hold the phone up to my face. So I finished the show. I'm on a wide shot. You can see behind because you can see the newsroom behind us. And he was right behind me, like three feet on the phone. And you see me turn to him and look and raise my hands like, dude, WTH, really? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, and, uh, and Fred, oh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, but Fred Hickman was a good man, 66 years old. And uh, certainly we, our thoughts and condolences going out to him and, um, we just had a CNN sports reunion in May. He was not there. He uh, had an illness and, um, but we didn't know that, um, that he was this close. So Fred Hickman, rest in peace. Slow down. They say you're getting older, relax. Seriously. You're on a mission. You've got places to go. Grandkids to see at OSF healthcare. We want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it, because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. This is David Williams, a leading receiver from the University of Illinois, here on Illini Guy on Sports Spectacular. Go Illini. So excited that college basketball is here. And, and you know, when you look at this, um, Boy, not everybody off to the the great start <laughs> that we've seen some of the the better teams in the in the uh, in the country get off to. Uh, Louisville, uh, Oklahoma, uh, I think Florida State, all among uh, opening week upset victims. Uh, it, it's it's you know guys, it's to, what's the world coming to that you can't schedule a good critter that you just eat and move on in in early November. <laughs> you know this, and they're paying a lot of money to lose these games too. <laughs> so these teams are cashing their check and, and getting the win uh it happens you know there's there's a lot of a lot of talent out there in college basketball and you know the, the only bad thing is that what happens is these these low major schools win this game they got a guy who scores 25 points odds are he won't be at that school next year because he's going to have an offer from a bigger school 
Yeah, that that was that was interesting. And and um, you know, you've heard other coaches talk about, you know, that 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 they wouldn't have had the teams as they moved up the coaching ladder under the transfer portal, they may not have had some of the successes they had because at the lower levels, uh smaller schools, they wouldn't have built those teams because the good players would have went off to somewhere else. So that that's kind of interesting how that would rewrite history. And then, you know, Brad, if you're my basketball coach and I'm the AD and I spend 500,000 to get some team to play and we lose by 10, I'm going to be in your office going, Brad, do you understand the purpose of this game? <laughs> and we'll have a little, little heart to heart. Exactly. Uh, meanwhile, in baseball, uh, hail to the champions, Houston Astros, second time in six years. And a shout out to Dusty Baker. Um, I think I've told you guys that I've got a fantastic Dusty Baker story that happened uh, during the World Series in St. Louis uh, back in, in 2005. I cannot share this with you on, on air. Um, I can't uh, because of FCC rules, but it was hilarious. A very funny evening with Dusty and Mike Shannon, uh, the former uh, Cardinals outfielder now with the uh, restaurant tour there, very popular spot. Everybody knows about, uh, but happy for him to break through and, and finally get um, a world series win. I, I think underrated as a manager, all he does is, is win. And every team, I believe every team he's managed has gone to the playoffs and now he has a championship. Yeah. It's good to see uh, dusty get his championship. I mean, he, he's been, he's been a campaigner, man. He's been around forever. Um, you know, so many years as a manager and, and done a, done a great job. So it's good to see them finally get a win. My question is, is, is this a Houston Astros dynasty? Two titles in six years, basically in the playoffs every year going deep. I mean, I, this is uh it's been a pretty impressive run, you know, led by a, you know, five foot six inch second baseman as kind of, the, and they, they just kind of build around that guy and dominant pitching, you know, they keep bringing, you know, they lose Garrett Cole and they just bring in another guy who throws a hundred miles an hour. And, and has filthy stuff. So it, it's been really impressive what they've been able to do, despite the fact they've lost, you know, Correa and Cole and some of these big free agents that they haven't been able to sign. Yeah, there's still some baseball fans who hold some animosity towards the the um, Astros. You saw that on Twitter and uh, living down here in Dallas. I heard quite a bit of that at the at the water cooler at work. But you have to tip your hat when you can win at the pace these guys are winning at. And it is nice to see Dusty Baker for those those people out there who are old enough to remember him as a player. Um, it's it's a cool thing to, to see that happen for him. And, um, you know, I'm sure he'll have that team competing next year. Yeah, and uh, a team that would like to compete this year is uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, what a mess! You know, <laughs> you know, we're we are just halfway through. You've already changed quarterbacks. Your future Hall of Fame, uh, thirty-five million dollar year quarterback Ryan is out, and now your coach is out. But the, the big controversy is the guy they replaced him with, Brad. <laughs> well, they I think they were confused. They thought they played on Sun. They put, thought they played on Saturday instead of Sunday. And so they got a little confused, but no, no coaching experience. Jeff Saturday, obviously was a great player, but um, you know, good analyst, but really, really wild that they would uh, make that selection and change. It seems like they're tanking. I know Ursay said they're not, but boy, trying to get a number one draft pick. Yeah. Going from high school to NFL 
got a play caller who's never called plays before, uh, you know, this, uh, this week. So uh, this should be a must see TV. Yes. Yes. If you like train wrecks, get your popcorn and your wine. Because <laughs> it's really pretty good. Sadly, hate to say it. It's just the way it is. Hey, we will leave it there. Boy, two hours goes by so fast again, but we had so much fun and hope you had some with us as well. Uh, for Brad and Mike, I'm Larry. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. Fall is here. We're right back here. Same time next week. Take care. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.